guys. Welcome back to Nerd Talk. I'm Jasmine from Pretty Brown and Nerdy, and I am here with Kevin Powell. Yeah, how's it going, Kevin? Hey, it's going pretty good. How you doing? I'm doing good, you know. I'm making it through Texas heat. It's like 100 yeah. degrees outside. I'm dying. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> but I'm here. <laughs> yep. So in this uh, episode, we're kind of going to go into something that I feel we don't really get a lot of perspective on. It's about going to be about all things gaming industry and just different professions within the gaming industry. But this one is going to really focus on game design. I know we hear a lot about game design, but we're not too sure, you know, what does game design entail? Is it like designing characters, levels? Like, how does this work? What, what do we do? Because I know a lot of people, you know, want to get into the games industry, but it's like, okay, I want to work in games. All right. What do you want to do? Uh... I don't know exactly, but I know I want to work in games. So yeah. I thought it would be good to, you know, bring some people I know on that have been killing it in the game that are just like <laughs> dominating in the industry right now in their profession and kind of give some insight into what exactly it is that you guys do and uh, how that perfect, how that kind of works within the games industry. So um, we'll start with a little bit about your background. So tell us okay. all of the good stuff. <laughs> All right. Um, well, yeah. So, so yeah. It starts back in Savannah, Georgia. So I'm from Savannah, Georgia, uh, and so there's a college there called uh, College Savannah College of Art and Design. Um, that's where I went to school. Scad. Uh, I initially, <laughs> yeah, Scad for short. Um, I, I ended up going there. They they kind of just started their game development program, um, and I had no idea about all of the various facets of game development uh so I, I all i knew is that i just wanted to make games um i had no I idea what that entailed so uh yeah i just kind of applied i got accepted uh and then from there it was you know foundation classes learning art you know color theory all of that stuff but uh once i got into the courses for game development uh I started to see, oh, there's animation, there's concept art, there's uh, there's level design, there's game design, uh, it's just so many different things. Uh, so then I kind of started focusing on uh, level design and environment art. Uh, I felt like those kind of went hand in hand, and I was really interested in both, you know, learning Maya, 3D Studio Max, Photoshop, all of that stuff, but then also uh, Unreal 3 had kind of just come out in the middle of... Uh, you know, my time at SCAD. And so uh, also Gears of War had an editor. And mm -hmm. so we kind of just, you know, got those games, got Unreal Tournament and just bust open the editor and would just be messing around in there. We had various classes that were focused on, you know, level design specific stuff. Uh, so yeah, it, it was a lot, but uh, I, I learned a ton during my time at SCAD. I met a lot of really awesome people. Um, and then that eventually led to me applying to almost every single studio in the U.S., <laughs> uh, especially after I graduated, because it was around the time of like the 2009 like recession. Oh, so, wow. yeah, like jobs were scarce. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, everybody was just trying to make it. Um, and so, yeah, I was working regular job. And then I eventually uh, I eventually applied to high res studios and they gave me my first job in the industry um, as a level designer. So I, I went to went to move to Atlanta and uh, started working for high res. They were making a game called Global Agenda at the time. 
which is kind of this third person, uh, not really a MOBA, but like an action uh, shooter. And that was pretty cool. Just kind of made story uh, missions and levels and then also made a couple of multiplayer. Uh, I think it was 10 on 10 uh, was the format. Uh, but yeah, it was a PvP, uh, fast-paced action with jetpacks, all of that stuff. And so that was interesting, just kind of uh, learning how to build around, uh, build levels around people being able to fly anywhere, basically. <laughs> so it's like, how do you, how do you even guide that? Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I learned a lot with that. But then, like I said before, I also was learning 3D art, so I, I eventually ran out of levels to make and so I was like well I can I can do art too uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I want to make my, I want to keep my job so uh yeah they they let me uh do some some 3d art and so I ended up making a, a modular uh art set for one of the expansions for global agenda um and that was really cool uh you know shipping actual art in a game um I never would have imagined I was gonna be able to, <laughs> to do that at any point um but yeah uh so we ended up doing that, and then eventually we transitioned into uh, working on uh, Tribes of Sin. And so that was really cool because I had heard of Tribes before. I hadn't played the earlier ones, but uh, you know, just through research and all of that stuff, I, I became really familiar with it. But I knew it was just a, a very beloved franchise among a, a bunch of very passionate individuals <laughs> on the internet. Um, and and uh, yeah, we kind of learned about that once we started working on it. Uh, because there were a lot of people that had a, a lot of very strong opinions <laughs> about, <laughs> you know, our design choices and everything. But it, it was really fun working on that game. Uh, for people that don't know what Tribes is, uh, it's this very fast-paced uh, first-person shooter. Um, and one of the main game types is uh, Capture the Flag. Mm. And you have various armor types and everything with different weights. And so it was really cool getting to kind of take what I'd learned from Global Agenda, you know, especially dealing with jetpacks and stuff like that and apply that to my level designs for Tribes Ascent. Um, then after that, this is probably right around, what, 2012, uh, we kind of started working on uh, on Smite. Hey. Uh, it was, it was kind of in development during that whole time, but, you know, we had different teams, all that stuff. But uh, I actually got to make the original Conquest map for Smite. Oh, wow. Uh, which was, yeah, like the main game type for a MOBA. So uh, that was really cool. Um, I had played a lot of League of Legends, um, a little bit of Dota, Heroes of New Earth. So I was pretty familiar with the design of those games. Um, and then kind of taking that and, and putting it into this third-person MOBA uh, was, was really cool. I had a lot of fun with that. Uh, and then, so we were, we were making uh, the Conquest map, and then I kind of was flip-flopping between making art and stuff like that. And then I eventually uh, landed in the position of a god designer. So they, <laughs> they let me actually design out some gods for Smite, which was really cool. Um, I got to design Rom, uh, Kabraken, Fuyi, uh, who else? Nox, uh, Medusa. Wow. Uh, yeah, it, so quite it, a it bit was of, really cool. Yeah, so quite a yeah. bit of characters, actually. And yeah. I think especially, do you feel like your your background, like working through 3D art and stuff was really helpful to kind of give you some perspective on, you know, what designs would 
mesh well and work with the characters. And um, I'm sure that had to be beneficial for the art team, too, with you having that knowledge because you were able to probably work with them on a level that some might not be able to if they don't have an art background they'll know okay i want to design or you know help design this character but they don't know like the fundamentals and how you know that'll work for the art team so do you feel like that was you know very helpful to have that knowledge oh yeah definitely i i feel like uh knowing what other people what other parts of the team are affected by the decisions you make uh, are, is a really good thing to to know just because I know that like my decision to say oh well this character needs to have XYZ is gonna cause you know the animation team to have to do certain things or it's gonna cause the 3d artists to have to do certain things or add certain elements to the character um, effects artists uh, kind of everything stems from that original design right so uh, even just knowing a little bit about uh, what happens to the pipeline after your work is implemented or your decisions are made, uh, knowing what happens after that, I think is really important. And so, yeah, I think it helped out a lot. Um, yeah, just sitting in meetings and, and knowing that, okay, uh, if we make this decision to have this uh, ability on this character, that's going to add you know, X amount of time for uh, the animators to have to, you know, get those animations in. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and so it, it, it kind of trickles down everywhere. So yeah, design, I think really, it, you should be really uh, knowledgeable about just pretty much the other disciplines that you're gonna be affecting with, with your decisions. Um, and yeah, I felt like that, that definitely helped out uh, during my time there at uh, high-res working on Smite. Um, and yeah, so through working on Smite and everything, I, I eventually uh, ended up applying to Gearbox because one of my friends that uh, I went to school with at SCAD, uh, Jimmy Barnett, um, he, he's a 3D artist. He's actually he's actually a lead uh, weapons artist on Borderlands. Mm -hmm. um, so he, uh, like I'd always wanted to work with him and so I was like, okay, well, I, I want to, you know, work on Borderlands as well because, you know, I love that franchise. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I went. I remember going to was it PAX South um, back in twenty was it twenty fourteen or twenty? Yeah, about like 2014, yeah. 2015 ish yeah. around that time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I went to PAX South, and I remember they had the uh, whole presentation, and at the end, it was like. Uh, Borderlands 3, it's 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 happening, or the next Borderlands, you could be a part of the dev team. And they had all these, like, shadow, like, figures in the background. I was like, this could be you. And I was like, that could be me. It's like uh, out of a movie, so, you know? It's just yeah. like, this could be you. And then, the like, yeah. the camera pans into your face, and you're all, like, awe-eyed, like, ooh. <laughs> 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 yeah. So yeah, I, I went to, I went to yeah Pack South and everything, and I was like, man, this uh this seems really cool. And then you know I got to, to meet a lot of people from the dev team, um, and they were just all really awesome people. So uh, I ended up applying after Packs and ended up getting a job as a, a character designer on Battleborn, um, which was probably one of the most fun projects I, I've ever worked on. Um, that that game, I love that game so much. I know it didn't do super well, <laughs> but, and I, but I hear that I sentiment a, a lot. You know, like a lot of people, you know, despite you know how well or you, you know it did, like a mm -hmm. lot of people 
really had a especially like from the devs uh, everyone i talked to at my time there you know was like i really yeah. enjoyed working on that game because i i hear that you know a lot of people that was kind of a chance to really just throw all the creative ideas on the table and especially with like how many characters battleborn has and every character is so different you can just tell that the team had so much fun with it yeah yeah, like all of the designs and everything. Most of the characters were already uh, established by the time I got there, but some of them were missing like kit designs and stuff like that. So I actually got to take on like two or three of them. I think I got like two of the main cast of characters and then one expansion character. Um, it was Melka, Cleese, and uh, oh, I'm trying to remember <laughs> the name <laughs> of the last one. Um, Oh, uh, she had the the syringe arm. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. Okay, I I, I know the name escapes me too, but I know yeah. which one you're talking about. Is it Beatrix? Beatrix. Yeah, yeah, Beatrix. yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at us. We both work there. We like. Yeah. Uh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I hate when that happens. I'm just like it's on the tip of my tongue. It's like I promise. I know. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I got I got to work on those three characters, and that it was just really really fun. Um, just with uh even just the style and everything. And then also I feel like they got melee in first person, like really right. Like it, mm -hmm. it felt really good, especially playing like Wrath. Um, I don't know. I just had a lot of fun, like also playing that game. It, it, it was a shame that it didn't do as well, but you know, it happened. Yeah, <laughs> You can't yeah. always work on successful games. But, and I think know. that's an important thing to, to put out too, especially for those wanting to get into the industry. It's like, you know, there's going to be those success. You want to have the success moments where you're all like, yeah, we killed this. We dominated this. But, you know, yeah. you also have to prepare yourself for the moments that, you know, no one likes that, you know, when things don't exactly go how you thought they would go. And how yeah. do you navigate through those situations? Um, so I, I think that's that's important to mention, too, because it, it kind of uh, just... I think it's something that we don't really talk a lot about um, in the industry as well as like, how do you deal with the failures or, you know, I don't really see it as like fit complete failure, you know, the learning experiences or when things don't go the way that you plan. So yeah, yeah. I definitely understand yeah. that. Yeah. You know, having like the postmortems and everything. Cause you know, even, even though it might not have done well, I feel like everybody learned a ton from just working on it and you can tell just like kind of the lessons that carried over from that into Borderlands 3 and mm -hmm. you know with the melee with that and 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 all that stuff and so yeah it definitely wasn't for for nothing but uh yeah uh it was a really cool experience working on it and then yeah those lessons that we learned from that I feel like really helped guide and transition us into you know making Borderlands 3 what it what it is Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, I eventually, we, we started working on Borderlands 3, and yeah, that just released last year. Um, and then, yeah, I ended up, uh, after that, uh, a couple of months back, I left Gearbox to go to Airship Syndicate, um, which has been really cool. Uh, and yeah, they're working on, uh, they, I think they announced last year uh, that they're the first Riot Forge studio, and so yeah. they're working on the, the Ruin King uh, League of Legends story. Hey. So yeah, so that that's that's kind of my my whole career uh, in a nutshell, right there. <laughs> that's a it's a very like 
fulfilling career, I would, you know, assume like 10 years, right? Yeah. Yeah, 10 yeah, years in yeah, the industry. Yeah, a little over right? 10 years. How yeah, does it's it, been fun. Yeah, <laughs> that, that must be like so interesting to look back on too, especially like because you kind of, when you're updating your resume and stuff, like that must be kind of eye-opening because, you know, at the time you don't really feel like you're doing all this stuff and then you really sit down and lay it out all like a document and you're like, man, like this has been wild <laughs> it's been a yeah, lot, right? yeah it really has been like yeah it's been a lot of stuff and just yeah a lot of learning uh yeah just do it's you been, it's been really cool like I feel, I feel fortunate uh you know that i've been in this industry for, mm -hmm. for that long and i don't feel really burnt out or anything i'm still really passionate about working on projects that interest me and everything so yeah, and I don't really see myself stopping anytime soon, so. Well, I don't think yeah. you should either. <laughs> <laughs> so given, uh, you know, your your background and everything that you've done, do you feel like game design, so where, so where did that come into the picture? Was it, did it start kind of when you got assigned to be a god designer on Smite, and did it just kind of cultivate from there? Um, was being a god designer on Smite kind of uh, similar to some of the things that people will see in game design or what they'll be doing in their career as a game designer? Uh, yeah, I think, honestly, it, it kind of varies from studio to studio, kind of what that role is. Um, and it depends on the project and everything. But yeah, it, it really stemmed from back in college. I knew I wanted to design games uh and so i i started out with level design because i felt like that was the easiest way to kind of get more into design uh because i didn't have any real uh training other than just playing a lot of video games uh, <laughs> you know growing up so uh yeah i i uh that i feel like it really stems from that and then just the more i learned the more i kind of gravitated towards wanting to affect more within the game and also uh, learn how those loops go when you're trying to make sure that it's satisfying for a player to do certain things in the game. You want to make sure that, yeah, everything that they're doing um, is, is kind of tailored and trying to figure out what exactly uh, to allow the player to do, but not make it seem like they have no choice uh, mm -hmm. is real interesting to me. And I mean, I love puzzle games and everything and problem solving. And I feel like that's what a lot of game development is in general, but yeah, through game design, I feel like you can conquer some very interesting puzzles uh, just throughout development. So yeah, uh, I kind of just gravitated towards that. And then yeah, over the years getting to design characters, I was like, oh man, that's, that's really cool. It's this kind of self-contained thing. So you're making a kit for a character. You get to decide everything about that character, how they move, how much damage they do, how much health they have, uh, just kind of everything they, they can do. And, you know, collaborating with, with your fellow devs and making the best thing you can is just really cool because it's not just the design so the effects artists you know will, will have an idea of like oh this this ability will look cool if we do this with it uh with the effects and i'm just like okay cool yeah just go do that do do what you're passionate about <laughs> um and just you know letting people kind of uh take ownership and and, and yeah just kind of push 
forward their creativity. So, um, yeah, just kind of being able to, to I guess, orchestrate uh, certain things within the game was really appealing to me. So uh, that's kind of where it started. And then just throughout the years, I've been able to, to get in different roles that involve design, but they're kind of different. So uh, through doing character design on Smite and on Battleborn, I, I learned a lot. But then after that, I eventually moved over into systems design mm-hmm. uh, on Borderlands 3. So I was doing a lot more of just kind of designing out entire systems within a game. So like in Borderlands 3, I designed out like the player room. And so you have to kind of specify what exactly happens in that player in, the, in that player room mm-hmm. uh, you know what's what's the limitations of that uh what what do the players see as soon as they go in the room what can they interact with uh what do all these things do uh and and that was really cool because then that kind of opened my eyes to like oh uh yeah you can design out entire games with these systems and you can make them really interesting and you can push your design a little more trying to solve interesting problems with, you know, how, how do you go about making like, for example, like for uh, like a platform, how do you make that more interesting that uh, how do you make it something that people haven't seen before, or how do you mm-hmm. put a twist on it? And so just doing those kind of like thought exercises and everything was really, really interesting to me too. So uh, yeah, just, it's been, it's been a journey, but yeah, I just, I, I can't see myself doing anything else, honestly. Uh, it's yeah, this has been really cool. Hearing that makes me curious myself. I have some questions in regards to that too, um, uh-huh. because I know system design. So you said kind of, uh, for example, the character rooms, figuring out what's going to happen in those rooms, what you're going to do in those rooms. So does that systems design kind of go hand in hand with level design? Because you know we're designing levels and like, okay, here's how the you know you have the environment, you have like what's going to mm-hmm. occur in the level. But how does the environment and everything within it affect the player? Um, like you know, kind yeah. of like narrative. You know, you have fail states, and it's like, okay, so what is this part of the environment? Is it going to inflict damage on the character, or do these creatures interact this way with the character? So, do you feel like that's a huge collaborative process with those departments as well? Um, kind of making all that mesh together to make sure it's in unison. Yeah. Um, specifically, I, I can think of an example on Borderlands Three. Um, one of my coworkers, Ian, uh, he ended up heading up like the interactive objects uh for the game and so he uh a prime example he made the barrels so like the exploding barrels uh in the game that's a entire system within itself and so he had to design out like okay these are these are the ways you can interact with the barrels uh they have physics you can you can (laughs) melee them they'll go flying all of that stuff they explode um and within that they are in the environment so that automatically ropes in level design because you have combat designers you have level designers uh they get together and then they have to design out these combat spaces and everything uh so now you have an environmental interaction that is happening and you have to make sure that all of these things that the player can do are playing nice with the environment so yeah level design definitely is a part of that uh but I don't think they have to, it, it, it's better if they do 
talk and communicate. So if you have your combat designer and your your systems designer and your level designer, sometimes they're all the same person. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> Jack yeah, of all uh, trades in the studio yeah. exists. They'd be doing yeah, everything. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, having having uh, you know just all of those departments, if they are different people, talk to make sure that these interactions are working how they're supposed to. Um, I think that that is you know where you have the the crossover. So yeah, definitely having having a level designer uh, use all of the things that are designed by the systems designer for environments and stuff like that uh, is really important. So there could be a feature that uh, you know was made by a systems designer that might not get used, but everybody has to be on the same page. So there could have been, you know, an interactive object that was made uh, that was designed out by a system designer that the level designers just didn't use. And that would be a waste, right? So you, you want to make sure that everybody's on the same page as far as that's concerned. Uh, but yeah, that, that was the immediate example I could think of, uh, just those, those barrels, because they're, they're everywhere in the game and yeah. you know, people use them all the time. <laughs> uh, but, you know, players don't think about the fact that somebody had to design out that entire system and make sure it worked and played nice. And then, uh, you know, rope in design, combat design to make sure that they're using it correctly and seeing that like, Oh yeah, the Jabbermong actually picks up the barrels and throws, and throws them, them at you. People. Yeah. So, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that, that wouldn't have been possible had they not talked, you know, to the character designers and made sure that like, Oh yeah, we, we have AI, we want them to interact with the environment and stuff like that too. So just kind of stuff like that that you might not really think about initially. Uh, there's a lot of planning and work that goes into it that uh, I don't think a lot of players will will immediately recognize. And I mean, I don't think we expect them to recognize it, but it's cool when you have those moments in the mm -hmm. game uh, that, that happen and you're just like, oh, snap, like this is really, really cool. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think it was during the 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 gameplay reveal demo that uh, I think Daquan, who's one of our QA, uh, he was playing up on stage and, uh, and they were fighting the first kind of like Shiv. mini boss. Yeah. yeah. They were fighting Shiv and then he, uh, he slid into the barrel and kicked it into Shiv. And I remember exploded. that. Yeah. yeah. And, and so just stuff like that. Right. And it's just like, man, uh, that was, that was so many different like collaborations that had to happen for, that moment to happen but then when it happens you're like damn that was cool <laughs> right i, I think so. even on like stage like a, a couple watching like we were like dang that was actually yeah. pretty awesome <laughs> yeah. you learn like new good. ways to take down bosses like as you're yeah. watching it happen too so you know mm -hmm. that's just like one of the you know pieces of magic that can occur um yeah. so let's say that i am fresh out of high school Mm -hmm. And I'm going into college and I'm like, I want to work in games. Yeah. And I want to be a games designer, a systems designer. What do you think are some uh, fundamental courses that will really help someone and guide them into becoming a real successful game or systems designer? Fundamental courses. Um, I don't know. Uh, like, I don't think there's a specific course. Mm -hmm. Um because honestly, like, there, there's so many resources out there yeah. today that, like, honestly, you might not even need to go to college. I don't want to tell that kids to that not part. Go like, to we're school, not going right? to encourage anyone to not yeah. go to college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but like, I'm just saying, there's so many resources. But uh, 
I think the main thing uh, is that you're you're basically studying. Because uh, we've heard yeah. level design is definitely one of the ones that we want to make sure we have an understanding of. So I think that's yeah. that's one point to make in character art or design might be a great thing to pursue as well. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I agree with you when you say there's like no role, because I think that's one thing that we also have to realize uh, when it comes to certain aspects of game, you know, careers is that some professions don't really have, you know, uh, a, an outline of everything. Yeah, there's no like clear course. There's no clear uh, course. To, to like take to get to these positions because they vary so much depending on what the studio is looking for as well. Mm -hmm. So um, I think just kind of learning the the basics of game design is really important, just knowing how gameplay loops work. Uh, but yeah, I think level design is something that's a little easier to pick up uh, just because, you know, it's tangible. You have a level, you can run mm -hmm. through it. Uh, you know, if, if you've ever played any game, there's most likely a level in it. <laughs> and, you know, it has to be designed out to support the mechanics within the game. So mm -hmm. uh, I think level design is probably a, a, a good starting point. It's not like you have to start with that. But yeah, yeah I, I think you, people can understand a little more about the design around making an environment support the mechanics that are designed for the game that they're making. So uh, just with that, yeah, I, I think just, just figuring out what if you're going to a college i'm sure they have a syllabus and all that stuff and in different courses but yeah uh now there's there's tons of different curriculums and everything uh at different colleges and they'll probably steer you in the right direction if you want to <laughs> yeah. do game design but yeah i think i think yeah just learning learning uh the basics of game design and then kind of branching off from that based on what you prefer i think it, it would would be the route to take um yeah, it's really on like a case by case basis. I, <laughs> that must I be so to... hard to hear for the more organized individuals who are just yeah. like, no, I need a plan. I need an outline. <laughs> it's like when you like, there is none. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, it, it's really like you have to look into it. It's like for specific types of design. So yeah, level design is one thing, but then systems design is a totally a different thing. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I'd say not everybody's going to know exactly what they want to do um within game development but yeah the sooner you do know the the better because you can kind of steer your learning in the right direction um but yeah the, especially because when i was going through college there wasn't a clear cut path and i just kind of chose some things that i thought would work and mm -hmm. i was lucky enough to have it work so <laughs> Um, yeah, that, that would be my advice, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of resources out there on game design, on level design, system design, uh, and yeah, it's, yeah, there's, it's just a lot out there. Um, <laughs> what are some books that you've read that you feel have really helped you become a better systems designer? Um, man, I, I actually haven't read any books on systems design. It was really, or anything uh, and like yeah. yeah yeah like like uh rules of play really is is like the main one. I I, I hear so many designers referencing that uh and that I feel like that's 
that's kind of like the main one. Um, mm -hmm. But then it's really just like looking at design documents online, yeah. kind of immersing yourself in, in all of that uh, really gets you, I feel like that, that will be more beneficial than, than trying to just read, you know, books and stuff like that. I feel like just kind of getting out there, like getting your hands dirty. Honestly, that's like my way of learning is mm -hmm. just actually getting into Unreal I love that. Unity yeah, and, and kind of playing around and figuring and it out. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I feel like I retain more information when I go through it and I have to figure things out than mm -hmm. just kind of reading uh, step by step, like you do ABC. Um, but yeah, uh, really, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's really open, mm -hmm. I feel like. Uh, but yeah, now we have more colleges that have courses for game development. So, I don't think anybody would be lost uh, going into a program uh, for game development uh, if they want to do design. I'm sure they have, uh, mm -hmm. you know, different courses for game designers and, you know, animators, concept artists, all of that stuff. So, yeah. So I know whether you're a youngin listening or someone, you know, our age looking to switch careers or get into it, I know the main question that a lot might have, where the freebies at? where the free stuff I can, I can download and, and play around with. <laughs> Cause I'm not yeah. trying to break the bank. What if you want a budget? <laughs> yeah. Um, so there, there's a lot of stuff on the unreal marketplace, uh, especially like blueprint stuff. Um, not all of it is free, but, uh, they they have a lot of free, uh, well, there, there's the initial like free, uh, templates for like, first person shooter for a twin stick shooter mm -hmm. uh, all that stuff and you can download that stuff and really just kind of pick it apart you can go into blueprints and look at everything see how it was set up um yeah there there's a there's a lot of stuff with that but then um, i'm trying to think really like the the places i was going when i was in college because i was more focused on art back then was polycount which is like a game art forum mm -hmm. um and it's been around forever uh but yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think like, I don't, I don't know any, any uh, current game design like forums or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're out there. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you would, what would you say has been kind of one of the more difficult things about navigating uh, the industry and throughout your career? What are some things that you feel you've had to kind of learn or kind of push through? Um, one of the more difficult things, uh, I feel like time management and work-life balance, uh, is really important because, uh, when I first entered the industry, I was working a lot and I mean, you do kind of feel like you have something to prove because you're always told that, yeah, it's really cutthroat. It's really hard to get into this industry and everything. And I'm not going to lie. It is pretty hard, but mm -hmm you know, if you, if you stick to it and you have that passion and everything, you will absolutely land a job. Because uh, we can see your passion. We can see that you, you want to be in this industry making games. It's fun. It's frustrating, but it's, it's, it pays off when, when you get to see something you worked on release. Exactly. I feel like um, nothing beats that feeling of, yeah. seeing like a product that you've been working on for like four years you know mm -hmm. just kind of it's finally out in the wild you can talk about it you can show your stuff 
So yeah. navigating through that, you know, what what is that? What was that feeling like for you? Like, when did you have that moment when you saw your product out there and you're like, wow, like I'm actually out here doing this? I think it was really, um, I think it was after we released Tribes. Um, after Tribes released, that was that was really big because we had this, this uh, you know, release party and all that stuff. And I was like, oh man, we really did that. We released this <laughs> game and it was like, it was like 15 to 20 of us that worked on that and just seeing it out there and everything was really cool. And then I, I felt that again, especially after we had officially released Smite, because that was like, at the time, the biggest game I had worked on. Um, it was out there and, you know, shipping on consoles and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, this is big. Uh, that was really cool because we ended up having a tournament, I think, back in 20, it was 2012 or 2013. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was the Smite World Championship. And uh, they invited all these people to the Cobb Energy Center in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, and to, to see the game that we made uh, be played by these professional players for a prize pool of like $2.1 million. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> what is this life? I, I, I was just like, this is, this is way bigger than I imagined it could have been. Um, and then just seeing all the fans and having people come up to me because I had been on like various streams before explaining, you know, God uh, yeah. design and stuff like that. And, you know, explaining kits and stuff like that. And so having people come up to me and be like, man, you, you designed that. That's my favorite character. That was like the point for me where I'm just like, I was almost get choked up. I'm just right? like, man, just this, like, is, this is something <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. At that point I was just like, man, this is, there's nothing better than this feeling of having your creativity put out there and for people to receive it. And then especially if it's received well, you're just like, man, this is, this is something else. <laughs> it just feels <laughs> good. Sure. What yeah. are some of the major, because, you know, going from, you know, the games that you've worked on and then jumping to working on Borderlands 3, what would you say uh, for those, what is the main difference that you find uh, working on a AAA game versus, you know, being on a smaller team? Um, what are some of the differences you, you've uh, seen or experienced? I think there's, uh, working on smaller teams, you get a lot more responsibility uh, definitely, uh, working on a triple a title is, is really different. It's rewarding in its own sense. Uh, but you definitely don't get to have as much, uh, creative freedom as you would have working on a smaller team, I feel like, um, which isn't bad. Uh, it's just kind of what, what you prefer. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I, I feel like I definitely prefer working in smaller teams because, you know, everybody is just doing everybody's doing their job and there's no there's no room for people to slack off and 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 not do you know what they're supposed to do it's just there's once once a project gets so big there's so many things that can kind of fall through the cracks and stuff like that and so uh producers really have to be on it really everybody has to be on it but uh I, I feel like that's the biggest difference is that there there's not uh there's not that sense of uh of freedom creativity creativity 
<laughs> I'm sorry, I'm having, it's okay. I'm we like the worst time trying to, trying to pronounce no, <laughs> oh, my it happens to the best of us <laughs> creatively. So yeah, yeah, you there, you have a lot more freedom. I feel like creatively uh, in, in a smaller team. Um, but yeah, that's that's the biggest difference. Aside from that, uh, yeah, it's just the same stuff. Uh, you know, figuring out why. There's a weird bug happening with your stuff. Uh, that's <laughs> always going to happen. Um, QA is always going to break your stuff. Yeah. Uh, so it's just, yeah, dealing, dealing with all of that. Uh, most of that is about the same. But yeah, I think that those were the two biggest difference to me. Uh, were just, yeah, not not having that, that sense of creative freedom. Um, and then also, yeah, it's just once, once a team gets so big, uh, some stuff can kind of just get lost. Yeah. I'm sure like communication is like a big thing that has to even be like up full force because the Mm -hmm. larger a team gets, the more, you know, people are going to be communicating and information is going to need to be passed on. So there's, there's so many different, you know, I guess aspects of that. Do you feel uh, there's more pressure working in AAA? Um, yeah, I, yeah, and no, like, it, it, I feel like it depends on the, the, uh, the project you're working on too. Uh, cause I, I, I definitely felt like there was, it, there was pressure to hit, hit a certain mark, especially with, you know, Borderlands, there's certain titles that you hear and you're like, man, that like, they better not mess it up. Like, yeah. It's like, <laughs> and, man. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I don't want to be responsible for being, you know, part of the reason why people don't like this game or, yeah. you know, that something like that. So, yeah, I feel like there is a sense of pressure, but it's not like bad uh, because I feel like wanting to work on those projects, there's a reason why you want to work on them because they've been so popular before and you want to work on something that's awesome, but you also want to push it. So, exactly. I don't, I don't think it, like I wouldn't take it as like pressure is just like motivation um, to, to do something more and do something better. Uh, or at least that's how I feel about it. But yeah, there, there, there might be, be some pressure <laughs> depending <laughs> on uh, where you're at uh, in, in, in the pipeline. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's something else. I, I, I yeah, I, I really like working on AAA games. Um, but yeah, if I had the choice, uh, I would, probably always opt to to work on like a smaller like indie project just because I feel like especially indie games these days are, are doing crazy really cool stuff yeah massive yeah. And, and yeah they're able to take more risks and stuff like that so yeah I I, I would prefer a smaller team but yeah there's <laughs> nothing wrong with working on AAA titles what are some pieces of software that you feel is some someone looking to go into your field should really dabble in. I hear a lot of Unreal talk, um, but yeah. what are some other programs that you find very useful to kind of uh, learn and, and navigate through? Yeah, uh, well, yeah, Unreal, especially because I've been working in that pretty much my entire career, so <laughs> so I have to plug Unreal. But uh, yeah, Unity is also really good. Um, I know there's some free uh, game... I think it's like Game Maker yeah. uh, is another really good one. Um, RPG Maker. Uh, there's there's just a, a bunch of kind of like free uh, editors out there that, especially, I, I'm trying to remember the name of it. There was a there was one 
um, for like narrative games uh, that mm-hmm. I hadn't heard of before, and I'm trying to remember it. I can't, I can't remember it right now. But yeah. I just heard about it uh, because I was uh, sitting in on a milestone review for uh, the Code Coven, um, which is this program for marginalized groups uh, within game development to kind of learn game development. Oh, wow. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I was sitting in on one of those uh, reviews, and they were using this program to create their nar- narrative game, and they had, like, templates and everything, and I was like, oh, man, that's really cool. Uh, I had no idea it existed, but, yeah. There's, I didn't there's either. A, that's, yeah, I just it, learned something new. <laughs> I'll, I'll try and get you the link after this. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it, was, it was really cool to see. Um, but yeah, like, uh, the, I think like game maker and RPG maker and stuff like that, uh, are really good for people trying to prototype out, you know, just simple RPG elements and stuff like that. Um, Unreal is a lot more involved. I feel like, <laughs> especially getting in the blueprint and stuff like that, it can be really daunting, but, uh, yeah, just kind of jumping into it. There's tons of YouTube tutorials and stuff like that out there for pretty much anything you want to try and do in Unreal. Um, and there's so many different ways to to uh, metaphorically skin a cat as far as Unreal is concerned. So yeah, uh, the, yeah, that in itself is just a whole journey, I feel like. But um, yeah, th- those would be kind of my, my top three would be Unreal, Unity, and Game Maker. Awesome. What do you think about the new UE5? Uh, uh, it looks incredible. I can't <laughs> wait to get my hands on it. <laughs> <laughs> Messing around I, with it. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. know. It's it's crazy that that demo video was just so eye opening with how far mm-hmm. games have come. Um, and what what are you excited for about the future of games? Because I mean, we we're getting on the level of games like you know I just finished up uh, The Last of Us and you know Ghost of mm-hmm. Tsushima is coming up uh, next week already. Wow. Um, yeah I'm real excited for that yeah (laughs) but just seeing games like that too I'm just like dang like how far we've come with just Mm -hmm. doing these like because I I know for sure in like The Last of Us they have like concept art that you can pull up and look at and you can like or like just character models and like zooming in on these characters and the skin textures and I'm just like this is getting scary how much these games are starting to look so real but it's also exciting because you know it it just kind of makes me think about like where we're headed so how are you feeling about you know where gaming is headed oh i'm i'm real excited because i mean the technology is just getting better and better every single year uh and we're seeing more ridiculous things be done with that technology um interesting thing to me though is seeing the technology become better uh, and yeah, we have the games that are hyper-realistic and everything, but I'm seeing a lot of games, uh, especially indie games, they're doing a lot more, like, these really ridiculous art games uh, that just look incredible, and they have these unique art styles, and they're able to do just incredible things with the technology that we weren't able to do before. And so I want to see more of that just because yeah. I like when I see like a weird game or a weird art style, I'm like, I've never seen that before. And I'm just like, I want to play that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, of course, I like the, the hyper-realistic stuff too. Um, but I don't know. It's just something about being able to do something out of the box uh, with the technology we're giving. Because I know people want to want to make 
these hyper-realistic textures and everything, uh, but seeing somebody take that and flip it on his head and then do something you just never thought of, that that to me is way more interesting. And yeah. so I'm, I'm excited to see more of that, uh, especially uh, I think uh, one example I would give is uh, control. Just seeing, just kind of the. I was about to the mention that. They did. Yeah. Yeah. Just it's it's insane. It's and, crazy because yeah. like I think <laughs> that's what people get too focused on, especially with games. Um, recently, you know, like the game doesn't have to look like hyper realistic and crazy mm -hmm. graphics. Sometimes it can like simplicity is best. Um, and I think it still shows how versatile like games are, and that we can still have like you know games that are you know all kinds of ways and still look cartoony or whatever like there's no one way that a game has to look to be great um yeah. and i think also and correct me if i'm wrong maybe that's what's going to make someone you know a great designer as well is dabbling in all kinds of games playing all kinds mm -hmm. of games and really kind of uh, getting a feel for what other developers are doing and what other developers are working on and uh take in that information and, and get inspired by it. Um, yeah. Because that's a lot of what I've seen, you know, from my short time right now. <laughs> short time, but it's about to be a long time in the yeah. industry. Yeah. <laughs> um, is that, like, I've seen a lot of uh, comments or focus on, like, oh, how the game graphics don't look hyper-realistic or it doesn't look, like, real. Like, those people can jump out of my TV screen and I'm like, who cares? I'm yeah, like, is that yeah. really like the most important thing about what makes a game great? Like, it's not. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I definitely agree with that for sure. Um, just the way that games are going right now, I think um, we're in for something really fascinating. Yeah. And I just like how you how you know games become the bigger they become. I think the more accessible. Uh, these programs and software were, will be because I think you know you mentioned like one of the things that you really like about Unreal is um, how accessible it is uh, to yeah. the public like there's so many tutorials and things like that online and um, material that people can really get into and and learn and I think that's what's going to be really important moving forward is as well making sure uh, communities have access to this kind of stuff um because, you know, mm -hmm. growing up, I don't really think, especially like for me, I ever thought that I could work in games, you know, like I had always consumed the media and I was playing Super Mario Bros and 64, all that stuff. But like yeah. it hadn't like occurred to me until like very late in life that I was like, oh, I can work on this stuff. Because, you know, like growing up in minority families, they're always like, oh, you need to go be a doctor, be a lawyer or go have like, yep. you know, some professional because games were never seen as professional even though i'm yeah. like but you bought me a super nintendo though like so why <laughs> yeah. are you like surprised that i'm getting into this and like right. really uh taking in the material or the content um yeah. you know that they'll just kind of try to steer you in that direction so uh, luckily, you know, my, my mom growing up was into art and stuff, so she never really pushed me away from the idea of taking a more creative step. Um, you know, she was always very supportive of that, and my dad didn't quite understand it, but he was very supportive of it still. But, you know, like, you still have that where you don't think that you can do these things, and so you go and pursue, you know, other professions in life. So... Yeah. 
I, I really like that it's becoming accessible for a lot of people, um, especially within our communities, to uh, pick it up and take interest in it and learn. Um, but, you know, that was my experience. But for you, did you feel that way growing up or was your family very supportive of your pursuits of working in games? Yeah, it, it, it was pretty much the same. Um, <laughs> and and that, that's kind of been something I've been thinking about a lot, uh, especially over the years. Um, yeah, it was, uh, so when I was growing up, my, my dad, like he, he got us consoles and everything. Uh, he had the Atari 2600. Um, so like from a very young age, I was exposed to video games, um, you know, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, PlayStation one, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I was fortunate enough to have all of that stuff. And then also, uh, we got like a gateway computer, I think it was back in like <laughs> was the 95 or something oh like same that. Yeah, yeah we got yeah. that computer and, and i was yeah, like whoa the, cow, the possibility the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. um and so yeah i feel really fortunate to have been exposed to like video games and technology in that way but i know like a lot of people within our community uh you know did not have that same privilege and so i, I want to try and figure out some way to 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 inform especially our youth um, today about, you know, these, like about technology, about the fact that this is a real job that mm -hmm. they can have, uh, <laughs> they can pursue this. And I, I think that's important because yeah, I, I was fortunate enough to have that stuff, but I know not everybody was. Mm -hmm. um, and just through having that, like just around me, not even thinking about doing that as a profession, but, uh, I know when I got into high school, um, I was just really into technology. Yeah, once we had that gateway computer and everything, um, I was just on the computer all the time. I was start playing games on the computer, uh, and then I eventually there was like a there was a computer store, like a mom and pop shop uh, called Surf Tech Computers uh, back mm -hmm. in Savannah, and uh, I remember going there and I wanted to I wanted to do like a, a you know a work study. Um, cause I was a senior in, in high school and I was like, okay, well I have this free period. So I want to be able to do like a work study or something like that. And so I would go over there all the time cause they had like a land center as well. And so I went over there and I, I feel like I just kept bugging them. I was like always there, like asking about computer stuff and like, they eventually hired me. Um, and I, I learned how to build computers over there. I learned how to do networking and stuff like that. And so through that, I feel like that established my love for technology and then also my love for video games. Um, they just kind of went hand in hand. And then, uh, and then I eventually uh, started seeking out like, okay, how do, how do I like actually start making games? Uh, and then from there, it was kind of history. I would, you know, went to SCAD, all of that stuff. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, I definitely feel like uh, it, it wasn't that way um, before you know, when we were growing up. Uh, but, but now I feel like there's so, it's so accessible, like you were saying, and there's just so much out there that it, we'd be doing ourselves and our communities a disservice if we didn't try to like get it out there that like, this is the actual career that you could pursue. For sure. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I definitely feel you like my parents, like my mom, she didn't understand it. She never, she, she still supported me. And like my dad, he just got us consoles because we like playing games. Yeah. I play games with my brother and everything. But yeah, uh, I remember it was always like fun and leisure, not like yeah. 
go do this for a job only for fun <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. and yeah to this day my mom she always like reminds me she's like I, yeah i remember you know the taking away your games and stuff like that and it's like you ain't gonna do nothing with those games uh and i was like yeah yeah i am okay like, I'm, I'm absolutely <laughs> and then look at me like, now <laughs> yeah she's just so proud of me and like she yeah she's just yeah, she's just my biggest fan and everything um, when, it, when it comes to that stuff. And so, yeah, it's just, it's just really cool kind of, you know, going through all of that and then actually finding success. And then, mm -hmm. yeah, and then having your parents support, uh, especially after you're like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to do this. I'm going to try and do it. So, yeah. yeah I think that's the thing, cool. too, especially <laughs> when they see, like, that you are, like, committed to it and mm -hmm. you're you're focused on it. And then they see, like, okay, they're living a comfortable life. Like, they're okay. They're not, like, scrapping for survival. So <laughs> this might not be so bad after all. Yeah. And, and eventually, like, it does get better and they let up on it, for sure. Because I think that was how it was with mine as well. Once they saw, like, oh, you actually can have, like, benefits and a career, like, with this yeah. thing. Okay. Because I don't think, like, it was ever really uh, presented to them like that as far as like games uh that this was something that could be on that scale um mm -hmm. but now games are getting so big and the industry is growing and growing um to where it is very much like up there with the film industry and you know all the you know other entertainment uh forms of entertainment within the industry it's like at that level too like it's yeah. uh you know Definitely. games is is really profitable right now and i think uh even the market is is getting larger as uh, the years go by for sure um yeah. but of course with that growth um sometimes uh others might not feel you know so positively about it so what is that like for you seeing the games industry grow do you do you worry sometimes about how that is going to affect the creativity of developers within the industry if it becomes too much on a corporate scale um do you feel like that side of games is in jeopardy um i don't, I don't think so i think there's always going to be the need and want for for those big triple a titles i mean it's been tried and true you know over like year after year after year there's mm -hmm. a reason why there's certain games that come out every single year yep uh that that train is not stopping anytime soon um and especially in in these days uh with you know covid and everything uh video games are flourishing like we <laughs> we are thriving yeah. right now um despite everything that's going on and i think that that's just kind of a testament to you know the, the resilience of the industry um, but also, I think that the bigger that this industry gets, the the more people are going to be drawn to it, and we're going to see a lot more creativity. Um, I, I don't see it as a bad thing, it getting bigger. I think there's going to be a place for those big games. Um, I mean, you can just look at other forms of entertainment, right? There's going to be the big blockbuster films, and then you have the indie films that exactly. people also enjoy. You have the film festivals, all that stuff. So, yeah, I, I, I think that yeah, games are going to follow the same track as far as that's concerned. Um, and it's really just going to be up to the individual what they want to pursue within that industry. And so, yeah, as, as it grows, I think there's going to be, there's definitely going to be changes. Uh, I don't know what kind of changes, uh, it, but I, I think that, uh, 
yeah, eventually there, there there's going to have to be, I think the, the industry still has to grow up a little bit too. Um, there's a lot of things that were kind of the wild West, uh, especially <laughs> you know. recently. Um, yeah, there's, there's, and I kind of like wanted to lead into that too. Cause I know like the mm-hmm. past like month has just been really wild. <laughs> I mean, I can't even, yeah. where do we start? <laughs> yeah, but in, I yeah, I know that's a, a conversation that has continuously come about time and time again is, um, you know, especially with how much this industry is flourishing and how, you know, there's so much possibility within it um, and so much, you know, that we can access. But as a part of one trend that I notice a lot of um, is definitely I feel like some areas that um, this industry still needs to grow is its diversity um, mm-hmm. aspect of it. So, um, yeah, I wanted to ask kind of your opinion on that, too, because I know recently the conversation that's been uh, the major talk is just um, having more people of color within studios. And, you know, because I know that's one thing that we always see in the games industry. You look at the studio photo and it's like, oh, there's like two black people that look like me. Hey, like, <laughs> like even I like mean, I've, yeah. I felt that within, you know, the industry, like every time I've seen like, you know, a, another black person, I'm just like, I, oh my God, <laughs> like, yeah, I need yeah. to, like, you're here. Thank you. Yeah. So like, I mean, we out here, like. <laughs> right. Like I'm like, we out here. So, um, yeah. yeah. Like what's, what is your, uh, take on that? Because, you know, I, I definitely feel that's, uh, one area that this industry can definitely improve on, but I'm sure like we all feel the same way about that. And, and we see it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we've, we've experienced it. So we, yeah. we know it's a, it's a problem. Yeah. Uh, I think that's going to lie with, uh, it's, it's multiple things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel just because like what I was talking about earlier with, uh, with just our youth knowing that there's the, there, that there's, a possibility for you having a career within this industry. Exactly. Um, yeah. Just having that knowledge even be out there, I think is, is step one um, because you'd be surprised uh, whenever I go back, I've been, I've been invited to speak at SCAD uh, in the past, the past like decade uh, I've gone back and I've spoken to the students there and everything, you know, they're already there. They already know they want to get into game development, but uh, usually I'll try and go back to my old high school, uh, HB, uh, HB Jenkins. Um, and, uh, I would just go and talk to, you know, the technology students and tell them what I do and everything. And just seeing like the look on some of their faces when they're like, wait, you could do that. Yeah. Um, is really cool. And, and I don't know if anything will come out of it, but I feel like, uh, especially, um, having somebody that looks like us, uh, you know, say like hey i did it and you can too that might make a difference that might make the world of a difference to to you know even if it's just one student um i i think that in itself is is part one of this whole thing and then also uh i think there has to be a lot of changes with uh just hiring hr all that stuff i feel like there just needs to be just need to wipe it clean start over uh yeah (laughs) try again because there's just so many practices that i feel like uh have have uh have affected marginalized communities trying to get into the industry and we already know that a lot of people feel like this industry is very hard to get into and then so what what happens when you add additional barriers to that uh and I, i 
I definitely feel like there there has been uh, there hasn't been a, a real focus on hiring for diversity and yeah. stuff like that. Of course, you want to hire the best person for the job, uh, but there, like you said earlier, with uh, just seeing like the company photos and stuff like that, yeah, not a whole lot of people. There's not a whole lot of diversity in those photos most of the time, um, and so uh, I would like to see more more diversity in those in those uh, company photos and stuff like that but yeah i think it starts with uh overhauling how hr works within the industry uh i know that's not the same for every single studio yeah there's some studios that are very progressive and and you know they're trying to make a difference um i think uh probably one good example as double fine yeah um but yeah, uh, it's, I think it's just going to take time and, and really, yeah, just kind of overhauling all of that because it, it seems like a kind of like a, a clubhouse right now. And, and it seems so and, and exactly. And because it feels that way, it's like, dang, like this feels so beyond my reach or you feel like you have to like really grind and networking and things like that to really even mm-hmm. feel like you have a chance. Um, yeah. But not even just, you know, like HR do, you know, and, and recruiters doing the work to uh, make sure we're getting diverse talent in here, but also making sure that they can maintain that diverse talent. Cause it's like, it's one thing um, to just be like, okay, we hired the black people or we have yeah. like, you know, <laughs> other people of color in our studio. And it's like, yeah, okay, great. Like, you're like, here's all these people of color we've hired, but it's like, yeah. okay, like, how are they, uh, what is their experience like at your studio? Are you doing yeah. anything to make sure that you're maintaining or retaining the talent? Um, mm-hmm. Because that can be another factor all in itself. Um, but yeah, I'm yeah. I'm glad that like we got to discuss this uh, part as well, because I think a lot of people are looking for that, too, to, you know, not only to hear like all the, the glitz and glamour, but to know that like these are also um, things that are ex- uh, possible, like problems that might you might face or that occur. Um, and I think it's it's great to be aware of it, but I don't yeah. think that this should deter anyone from uh, trying to pursue this industry because your talent and your voice and your perspective is so, so needed. Um, So despite what you've seen the past uh, two months on Twitter, all the discourse that's happening right now, I just like want to let you guys know personally, if you're looking to get into the games industry and things like that, like I don't think that what you're seeing should be any deterrent for you to, to step away from it because we need you guys here um, in this industry as well, because you're so, mm-hmm. so important. So I, I just yeah. want to make sure that that is known too, for yeah, sure. I, I agree. Um, yeah, it's it's been a rough couple weeks uh, for, <laughs> <laughs> as far as that's concerned. And uh, yeah, it, it's, it's eye-opening, I feel like, for a lot of people because, you know, a lot of that stuff was out of sight, out of mind mm-hmm. for probably a majority of, of our industry um but yeah please don't let that deter you from from applying from from wanting to enter into the games industry because it it is a really awesome place to be uh especially now um like i said games are flourishing during this <laughs> this time where we're in quarantine and everything people are buying games like crazy um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an awesome industry to work in and yeah, we do need more 
diverse voices in like on the development team um, just because, yeah, I've seen time and time again where, you know, some studios have to even walk back stuff that they put in games because yeah. it's like, oh man, there definitely was not a black person in the room when they were, you know, <laughs> they were not in the room <laughs> where it happens yeah. and it shows. Yeah, it, yeah, or there wasn't a woman in the room or yeah, it's just like, it, and it's just like, man, how do you mess this up? And it's just like, yeah, there's just not yeah. diversity. And so, um, yeah, it's real important that I think, I think that we get more diverse voices in game development, especially on the dev teams, um, so we can alleviate that problem. Because, man, there's just some stuff you see, and you're just like, man, like I, what? I Who signed off on this? Every single person. Because <laughs> um. <laughs> you know, it's like it goes through multiple passes, and you're just like, dang, yeah. like this made it mm-hmm. every time. What? It's like this shipped. <laughs> like this was put in a box. Like it was pressed <laughs> on a disc and put in a box. <laughs> like wow. Um. <laughs> So how have you been, um, I know, like, given uh, how things are now and just everyone pushing and making the the switch to working remote, and I I assume Mm. you're working remote as well, like, how has that been? Um, And I know, like, that's that's another thing that we're seeing, too, because I think uh, this whole situation, like, with COVID especially, is really showing how, like, studios are are developing games remotely so what has Mm -hmm. that experience been like working on games remotely and what are some of the difficulties that you find having to switch from being in-house and collaborating in person to having to try to do all of that behind the computer oh it's it's been something else Uh, (laughs) i can't lie to you it's been interesting because i so yeah i i moved to this a job here at Airship um, back in April. I think mm-hmm. I, my first day was April 6th. Um, and I have not been in the studio at all. Like oh, I wow. didn't set foot in the studio. Uh, and, and everything has been through, you know, Slack, video conferences, all that stuff. Uh, you know, I can pull all my stuff down through Perforce. Uh, and I've just been working in Unreal and, and seeing people through Zoom. Like it's been, <laughs> it's been real interesting. It's, and I'm like, man, how long am I gonna be working from my apartment before I actually meet my coworkers? It's so and, weird too. It's like yeah, I've it's, only ever seen you behind a computer screen. This is so weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like yeah, I, they have no idea like how tall I am. Like it's just, like they have no idea like. I like all they've seen of me is like this camera angle right here like, right. And, I'll, you know, <laughs> and I'll get on a meeting and it's just like hey what's going on guys uh, <laughs> you know and you know we'll, we've been we've been trucking along uh we've hit milestones and all that stuff uh it, it's been really yeah, it's been really interesting because <laughs> like I miss being able to go into a studio and you know the camaraderie and just be, being able to see people and talk to people face to face um and you know, I, I I understand. I definitely understand why we can't do that right now. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's like I do miss it. But uh, yeah, I'm not in any hurry to get back until all of this is 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 over. Oh, for sure. <laughs> or at least until it's safe. But yeah, uh, it's it's been it's been something else. Uh, yeah, just trying to navigate that whole space uh, and trying to you know keep office morale up and everything I, I feel like has been also another interesting thing that uh that that uh studio heads and producers and stuff have had to deal with uh 
in the midst of this, you know, pandemic, it's just, yeah, like, how do you, how do you keep office morale up, like, right. <laughs> when everybody's working from home, um, and, you know, stuff like that, so I've seen, like, some of my friends, like, they get care packages for their studio, and all that stuff, um, and, yeah, it's, it's just, it's different, nobody's ever been through this before in this right. day, so, <laughs> um, yeah, just trying to take it day by day, honestly. And, I mean, that's, that's all you can do, right, and, yeah. I mean, that's that's honestly a great perspective to have with that. Mm -hmm. So, well, KP, I appreciate you having me on. Where can hey, everyone find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at that KP, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <Hey. laughs> on, uh, I'm on Instagram at uh, 3DKP. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah, I, I try and use Twitter a little more. I don't use Instagram as often, but yeah, I'm I'm usually on there. Um, yeah, that's about it. I'm on Facebook a little less often now. <laughs> these yeah, days, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you coming on, KP. Thank yeah, you so much, me. and everyone else. Thank you so much for listening in, and you can tune into anything PVN on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. YouTube, as always. And with that, I will see you guys on the next Nerd Talk.